Howdy, Ags. Welcome to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the McNair Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M, where we help entrepreneurs improve their business, connect with other Aggie entrepreneurs, and support one another. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Whoop! We got a little story for Ags. Gabe Wander is retired from being one of America's most elite warriors, and he now runs and operates a super fast-growing government contracting company that specializes in providing medical professionals for our government's healthcare system. He shares with some amazing stories, and he draws a parallel between combat and business. So pass it back and listen up to Gabe as he shares some good bolt. All right, Ags, welcome back. We have got one of the coolest entrepreneurs that, that I know, Gabe, and I first met each other, I think it was back in 2019 at the Reynolds & Reynolds Entrepreneurs Bootcamp for Veterans. If you have listened to Aggie Growth Hacks at all, you know that that is a program that is near and dear to both Chris and my heart. And it allows us to meet some of the most amazing men and women who have served our country in uniform, but now either have companies or they're looking to companies. And Gabe, I think when we first met, you had already started your company. You transitioned out of active duty in the military, in the army. But really to be able to have that experience um, was super cool. It was great for us to meet. But let me ask you, do you remember your elevator pitch from the EBV? And if you've updated, what's kind of your story? What's your elevator pitch? Who are you? Yeah. So um, thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me on here, uh, both you and Chris. So yes, I do remember my elevator pitch, but it's been refined and tweaked a little bit uh, over the years. So, all right, here goes. I'm Gabe Wander, retired Army officer with over 20 years of active duty service. As an anesthesia provider by trade, I started Wander staffing in 2018 to leverage my skills, experience, and resources as key differentiators to succeed in the federal healthcare staffing arena. So my rare and unique credentials in all aspects of the healthcare industry allow us to be a direct and personal resource for both our clients and staff. My existing network and my industry expertise combined, our industry reputation combined with our existing network of partners and colleagues allow us to attract, recruit, and retain the highest caliber personnel, focus on quality, and provide exceptional customer service. So in short, Wander Staffing is the best choice to fulfill your healthcare staffing needs. So that that's a really unique proposition that you have because so you are a government contracting firm yes. that specializes in providing technical and really specialized services or, or people, healthcare personnel in the military, the, the VA hospitals, the military hospitals, stuff like that. Do yes. you focus on any specific area? Like, did you focus on just anesthesiology? I mean, your professional expertise or do you do all types of staffing? So I do all types of staffing. It started with anesthesia providers because that's my forte. And that was the very first contract that I won. If I remember back to 2019, when I started getting into this, or I guess 2018, excuse me, I remember writing down on a to-do list, start contracting company, win contract, because I was working on a contract as a provider. And I thought, why should some company in Alaska own it? Uh, I should own it. So I did that. And that's how kind of everything started. And my initial goal was just to get one contract. And in my head, not knowing the industry yet, I did some rough calculations and I thought I was going to retire off of this one contract. Yeah, it's not really the case. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you do the contract and then I went to EBV and the idea was, okay, let's scale this, right? So 
it's very easy to win anesthesia contracts because I can write them perfectly. I can write them fast. And through a few texts and forums, I can hire who I need to hire without spending any marketing or recruiting dollars. But then that makes me a one-trick pony. So I do expand out. I have LPNs. I have some docs. I have some nurses. I have some techs and a lot of anesthesia providers because they're just easy to get those contracts. So the short answer is yes, healthcare staffing, not just anesthesia providers. Interesting. Love it. So, you know, the military instills certain skills that are required to win and fight in our nation's wars. You know, many of those skills are also essential as an entrepreneur. So I've got a two-part question here, right? One, what's the top skill that you learned or acquired while in the military that's provided and invaluable as an entrepreneur? I would say you have to be technically and tactically proficient, essentially be better at your job than the enemy is at his, or in this case, your competition is at his. So to expound, have the technical knowledge of your systems, workflows, functional areas, your whole arena before you can ever hope to tactically employ individuals, teams, and organizations. So war and business are both competitions where the best man wins. So to succeed, you have to be better than the other guy. Love it. So how do you ensure that your team acquires or uses that skill then? It would be the same as what you would do to the new private coming in, right? Training and learning. When you're not executing, you're training. When you have downtime, you're learning. For example, me personally, if I'm not actively engaged in something, I'm learning about cybersecurity or new CMMC requirements or how to more efficiently use Google Workspace or a training event online for accounting or something. My intent is to keep that philosophy as a core component of my business and company as it grows. And I think that's going to help catapult us in this space. And I would say, too, that teaching falls in the same category. Someone told me I was a kid at this point, but I remember reading something that said you don't become indispensable or the lesson was you don't become indispensable in a company by not sharing your knowledge. It's quite the opposite, right? So you become indispensable by teaching people and you're still going to remain the expert. So the same thing with my teaming partners and teaming companies. Just the other day, I gave someone a quick crash course on medical malpractice for healthcare providers. And I learned a lot of things from them as well. I'll go and sit with their credentialer and learn all about credentialing. But by me sharing my expertise, it's I'm showing my value and ultimately getting more work. So Gabe, how does that work in your business? First off, you know, are you sharing those things with people that work for you? Are you sharing those with people that like the doctors or nurses that technically are employed by you? Or are you sharing it with some of your contracts? You partner with larger or other companies. And so really, you've got like three levels of concentric areas of influence that you share. Where yeah. do you focus? The main areas. So let's see. I'm we talked a little bit about this in pre-recording, but I'm hiring. I've hired a part time person. I'm hiring a full time person in a couple of weeks. So there is the training that goes along with my corporate hires, my in-house folks, yeah. that I guess would be the same, eventually would be the same as things that I'm sharing with, with my teaming partners. So it's in my selfish best interest to train up my team. With teaming partners in different companies, that becomes tricky, right? Because starting out as a young, new company, I'm always in the protege space. And a mentor. So I have to provide some value that they don't have in order for someone to even want to team with me. If my only value is 
hey, I'm an SDVSOB company, or hey, look, I'm an 8A. That's a value that expires. That's a value that a lot of people have. And I don't do anything. I can't, no one's going to want to team with me just for my certification. So knowing that eventually one of these companies is going to be my competitor, and they know that as well. They're going to look at me and say, why would I train this guy up and give him access to my company if he's going to keep, compete with me one day? But that's just the fact. That's going to happen. And there's a lot of contracts out there, if not all of them, I'm not going to say all of them, a lot of contracts out there that you can bid on it and I can bid on it and we can fight over it. and neither of us might win. Maybe some other company is going to win. Or you and I can team up together and 50-50 or 51-49 is better than zero. And we both get past performance. And then we trade back and forth. Who's the prime? Who's the sub? If it works for the contract. And I've learned a lot doing it that way. I provided a lot of help and assistance to other companies doing that way through my vast network of of, uh, healthcare providers. And even sometimes if I don't get immediate uh, benefit from it or benefit, yes. Even if I don't, even if I don't get immediate benefit from it, I still will just to show that, Hey, next time you have somebody or next time you need somebody for something, I'm your guy. Right. So I've done that, given them pricing on stuff, handed people, uh, candidates just as a, here's, here's my gift to you. And it's paid off. That is such a great philosophy, but, but really, I mean, that is so counterintuitive. I mean, like yes. I, I would never, well, <laughs> I wouldn't say never, but it's very rare instances where I would go to another bank and say, Hey, here's a client I want to partner with, with you on that. So the mentality that you've got is super cool. Now, I mean, there are times that we can do that, but really that is, those are rare and far between. So congratulations to you having that mentality. But knowing you and your backstory, you know, so y'all, if you don't know Gabe, Gabe is one of our elite warriors. I mean, the warriors at the highest level that you think of when you think of the people that make scary, bad things happen to enemies of the U.S. in the dark. Gabe's one of those guys. So that mentality, that team mentality and focusing together and saying we have got each other's back no matter what it is. Has that played into your you bringing that into business? Oh, absolutely. So yes, so that is one of the core values on that I wrote on the website and that we live every day is through my military and medical experience. And in this question, the military experience, being a teammate, that is something that we hold true. And that's something that we value. So we treat our in-house employees as teammates. We treat our clients as teammates. Clients in this sense is going to be the department in the hospital that we're providing people to or the teaming partner, right? So we take care of our clients, we take care of our staff, we take care of each other. We're used to that. And so we won't leave them behind either. Gabe, that is so cool. I applaud you for that because I mean, it's really hard to team up with, you know, who most people would think as your competitor. So let me ask you real quick, you know, as you think about your entrepreneurial journey, what's been the biggest area of growth that you've had to learn? Patience. Patience and playing the long game, which is frankly the opposite of being in the military, right? So we are all about killing bad guys now and breaking their stuff. But especially in government contracting, relationships take time. So what we were talking about in the last question, a little give and take, a little gift here, a little take there, that's building relationships. So even if I know I'm the best in a certain field, who cares? Nobody knows. And so they don't care either. I have to put in the time, 
show my value, sell myself, and things will eventually come. When I started this in 2018, I told my wife, give me two years for this time and this outlay of expense. And if it doesn't work, I'll pivot to something else. So luckily now, four years later, we're leasing a bigger office, hiring some people. And just last week had the same conversation. I said, okay, now we have this other outlay. Give me two years. I'll show you that this works. And if it's not, I'll scale back down and I'll become a one-man show again. It takes time. You got to be patient. That support network that you talk about both in your profession and outside your profession. Absolutely. And just knowing your wife, I know she's rock solid behind you and supporting you all the way. Absolutely. This is a family affair. I mean, if she wasn't homeschooling our four kids right now, she'd be my HR and my operations manager and everything. I mean, just yesterday, she was calling references for me because my plate was full and she is a much better speaker than I. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Gabe, one of the things that all of us that have had military experience know well it is the, the phrase adapt and overcome. You know, the military is great for entrepreneurs in the sense that it trains you to accomplish a task without enough time, resources, money or guidance. And so you just have to adapt and overcome. You still have to do it. So is there an example that you can think of in the last 12 months or so? that really has allowed you to adapt and overcome? And how did you hack that challenge? So I would say my biggest challenge recently, and we kind of alluded to it in a couple of the other questions, has essentially been my growth, which my always say yes strategy, which I you know might bring up later, but my always say yes strategy combined with my perfectionist nature and love of hard work has paid off. So I've been in the black since I've started, and I'm on track to essentially 10x next fiscal year, what my first year was. It's going insane, which is good, right? But it's still a problem, even though it's a good problem. So how I've overcome that is through the personal business relationships that I've cultivated over the years. Now, I've employed those in the last 12 months. I didn't start those relationships in the last 12 months. For example, you and I, Greg, right? We met back in 2019, and that was one of the best meetings that has impacted my business. And you know how much I've used you and your bank and lines of credit because that was a big shock when you win a great uh, staffing contract and then you realize that you have to make about four to six payrolls before the government pays you. So, Oops. and the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we were building a house at the time. And so I told my wife, hey, we want a contract. Also, we're broke. So we're going to pause everything. That was, a, that was a good one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so so operating lines of credit, right? Or actually at the same EBV cohort, one of the other members that were there at the same time, an attorney. So he's my go-to counsel now for anything contract related. And I have other companies that I've used for credentialing expertise and such, right? So essentially sowing the seeds when you don't need them, and then you can reap those rewards when you actually do is something that kind of goes along with the patience and long game. But yeah, that. So awesome. Love it long game. So speaking of the long game, uh, one of the things that we talk about here on Aggie Growth Tax is the big, hairy, audacious goal, your BHAG. You know, and this is your five to 10 year moonshot. This is the big, huge thing that that you want to accomplish. What is your BHAG, Gabe? I love moonshots. The first time I heard that, I think it was an EBV actually, but I love them and I've been using them on a smaller scale because competition is less up there. Everybody's kind of fighting here. And if you every once in a while shoot up here as, you know, essentially like sniping uh, these hard to reach targets with a perfectionist nature, I've been doing good there. So the actual 
moonshot then is to quantify it. I want to be so successful in the 8A program that they kick me out early. It's a nine-year program. Yes. And if I'm essentially, to break it down, if I make too much money, then they will kick me out and say, you don't need this program. So essentially, graduate early from the program is the right way to say it. And how am I going to do that? I'm going to keep performing on the small contracts I have, keep getting past performance and performing on these medium contracts that I have and keep shooting for those big ones. For example, one that I'm waiting to hear back on right now where I'm the prime is 73 positions. And that's huge. That's over $25 yeah. million. A couple of those or a few of those and I get kicked out, which good problem to have again. So real quick follow-up question. What in the world is an 8A program? What is that? The 8A, so the SBA, the Small Business Association, has what they call the 8A Business Development Program. So it is a special set-aside. So service-disabled veteran, that's a set-aside. Uh, Woman-owned small business, that's a set-aside. 8A, the number 8, the letter A, is a set-aside for certain groups of individuals. I happen to fall into that group of individuals. It takes a while nine to 12 months to get that certification because anything through the government takes a very long time and they ask you way too from way too much paperwork but it's a very rigorous what? program to get into but once you get into there it's another set aside and it's one of the really good ones so to be able to have if, if you have a competitor and then you have wander staffing and both of you have the same amount of credentials the same amount of experience shoot you might even be a higher price than the competitor but you have that 8a designation the government is incenting their contract officers to say hey we would rather give this money to gabe to that 8a company than to non 8a so it's a way to, to lift it up and and gave you you way downplayed the amount of pain that it takes to, to get an 8a that was really glossed over in like yes two seconds <laughs> it, is, it is not for the faint of heart and so someone who has been through ranger school the both of us you know that having that tenacity to be able to suck for an extreme amount of time that i think that yeah. served you well <laughs> so I, I will say, you know, I glossed over and said, I think eight to 12 months or something like that. It, it was from the first application I put in uh, at least a year and a half or two years. It kicks back, gets kicked back. And then they, you finally get it right and say, well, now all these documents, they're out of date because they need to be 30 days old. So you kick all those back and then, oh, we found something here. And you, you do this, oh, 14, 15 times before I say, well, I don't have time for this anymore. I'm done. And uh, again, my lovely wife was like, no, just keep going. So I just hired somebody and I paid them to do it. And I said, that's your job. You know, we are, this, that what makes the world go around, right? Yep. Even mowing my lawn. I don't, I mean, I actually still mow my lawn because I like to, except for this thing, but you know, you make money, what you're good at, pay somebody else for what they are good at. And yeah, it's economy right there, you know? Well, Gabe, thank you so much for sharing all of that information with us. Let's pause right here for a second for this episode's sponsor. Okay, Gabe, you've heard Aggie Growth Hacks before. We've got a couple lightning round questions for you. So I try to answer all these questions in one minute or less. Uh, I know you're giving us some great advice, but let, let's keep it short. Okay. First lightning round question. What is your favorite hack? This could be a life hack, a business hack, a tech hack. What can we learn from you? So this is a mix between a life and a business hack. So there's a commonality between war and business. When you deploy, you have to be at peace with your wife your family, your home situation. Otherwise, your heart is just not in it or your mind. Same in business. It's empowering when your mind is focused. You have a mission, you can execute, 
So keeping both your home and your heart taken care of. Keep a happy home. You can focus on your business. Love it. Absolutely love that. Okay. So question number two, what is the favorite advice you've ever been given and bonus points, 98 bonus points, in fact, for how you applied it? I have two favorite things. They're both my favorite, but I'm going to keep it under a minute. Okay. So my buddy told me last year, if you have a problem, just throw money at it. And actually it works. So not on everything, but I've closed on two contracts in the last two months where nobody could staff. I threw money at it, attracted the talent that all I could want. And then I was able to able to show the contracting officer that I could, in fact, attract, recruit and retain the best talent. So they awarded the contract. And then the next favorite advice I was given in this business is the answer is always yes. I actually got my second contract in this business uh, in the Bronx, New York, using that strategy. So I got the contract and then I figured out how to execute it. And again, just a couple of weeks ago, I got a call from a teaming company asking if I could provide 10 healthcare providers somewhere. I got halfway through the sentence of, well, I think I should be able to. And then I caught myself and I said, absolutely. Yes, I can do it. Right. And I got that contract. And then they called me back with three more opportunities later. Uh, so it's always say yes. And then if your favorite advice isn't making you money, then you probably should get better advice. So both of those things uh, earn my company <laughs> money. And so that's what makes them my favorite. I, I think that is the definition of an entrepreneur where you jump <laughs> off the cliff and then you build the plane on the way down. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> But you have to be able to do it too. So that, that's right. You, you got to yes. perform, and right. but so it's a matter of knowing what to say yes to, uh, but always having that mentality in the heart to do that. Exactly, Gabe. What's your superpower? I'm a doer. No excuses. Perseverance, both mentally and physically. For example, I live in pain for my 20 year army career, but who cares? Nobody does. I tore my bicep tendon a few weeks ago. I still went to work the very next day. For three months, I mowed four acres by hand because my riding mower was in the shop and I really liked straight lines. And so I did it, you know, 10 hours a day pushing four acres, no complaints. List goes on and on, right? But in short, suck it up, no complaints, just do it. And if that sort of drive doesn't come innately, just do it and it'll become habit. And so you will learn to do it as well. Awesome. All right. Next question. What gets you out of bed and excited about your business? I think that is, I love the thrill of it. So one of the things I pray at night is I thank God for hope. Going to bed with a smile on my face, knowing that I'm going to wake up in the morning, get in the trenches for a good 10, 12 hour slog. But the satisfaction of a well-executed proposal with the hope and possibility of that reward, that's thrilling. And, you know, that's not just lip service. I alluded to it in the beginning before recording. You know, last Saturday, my wife and I are sitting in the hot tub and we were talking about this contract. She asked if I was going to do it. And I said, no, no bid decision on that one. It's a four day turnaround and it's a difficult one. She suggested otherwise. So I laid in bed, prayed about it. And I was like playing on the calculator, too. And I was like, hey, that's pretty good if I actually do win it. And so I woke up the next Sunday. Sunday, we go to synagogue on Saturday. So the Lord approves. And we uh, spent 12 hours in the office put the contract together and I'm ah, this close from winning it because they are interviewing all my people and nobody else, which means that they like my contract. So that was exciting. And that hope of getting that, uh, that was, that was huge. I'm smiling in the evening. So that is so cool. And then the tenacity of that answer to be able to be like, okay, it's tough. And I mean, you probably didn't plan on waking up and putting in 12 hours of work no. on that day, but no. the tenacity of saying, no, it, this makes sense. I've got peace. My wife has got peace about this. And so we're going to go do it. We're going to say, yes, we're going to win it and we're going to dominate. That Absolutely. Is and I think that that goes to the other of keep a happy home. So when I'm with my family, I am I am all there. Ah, I try to be, but I'm all there. Right. So 
my wife is fine with I'm sitting here typing away and she brings me snack and lunches. I'll forget to drink water and she places it right here. So walk in, put it there, high five and walk out, leaving me my time to do my thing, taking care of the kids. The kids come in, I say goodnight and, you know, then I'm done by 8 p.m. But hey, man, something great happened for that. And all the time I'll get to spend with them if we win that rewards patience. So cool. Well, Gabe, how can the Aggie Growth Hacks family get in touch with you? How can we support you? How can we encourage you? And maybe there's someone out there. How can we work with you? Absolutely. So you can find me, get a hold of me at wanderstaffing.com. If you're anywhere in the healthcare business as a provider, uh, nurse, tech, doc, anesthesia, anything, find my email address on wanderstaffing.com. Get a hold of me. There will always be something. If you are in the federal healthcare staffing arena or just a government contracting arena, yeah, let's get, I mean, there's always overlap with different companies, you know, that talked about teaming partners. So yeah, always, always looking for good partners to team with. And then lastly, if you want to get a hold of me on a more personal level, go to gabewander.com. You can check out my children's book, Maintain Eye Contact While Shaking Hands. And it's a message to boys on being a man. Yeah. Okay. Let's dig into that a little bit because I think you're the first one that actually is a published author on Aggie yes. Growth Hacks. So we, we've had people with Netflix specials, people that have been on The Apprentice. So now we've got an author. Uh, tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Why, why did you? I, mean, I love the book. I love the, the heart and the mentality that you have. Why did you write it? Who did you write it to? And just kind of brag on yourself a little bit. Okay, great. So it started when I was in JSOC, my last six years in the military, deployed. I had a par bad parachuting accident leading up to this, but still stayed in, deployed, and a lot of pain physically, but keep that in. Herring missions, and my wife was pregnant with our first son. So he's 10 years old now. So she's pregnant with our first son. So I would write letters back home to her, to him, telling him, hey, if dad this, then this is what you should do. This is what you need to be a man. You know, I'd come home, everything's fine. Those letters stay wrapped up or those notes or those journals and I'd deploy again, I'd do it again, right? So did that until I retired. We have four kids with my wife right now and three of them are boys. A few years ago, I decided it's time to take all those ideas, all those thoughts and put them into a little book for my kids. Well, that process was so fun and exciting. The book turned out so well that it got published and it's doing great. I don't really care so much at all really about income from the book, but the lessons that it teaches, especially in today's day and age, where how society is and how men, young boys, masculinity has become a liability. And so this book essentially gives parents some tools to maybe talk with their kids and it gives kids things to read and learn and it covers the gamut. Uh, it's, it's just a great book. Um, it's well illustrated. It's great for three-year-olds. I have friends and family who are strangers who will send me pictures of their three and four year olds reading it because the pictures are just so good. And then between five, six, seven years old, it's kind of like a read to, and you can read this book to them. And eight years old and up, they read it on their own. It's just kind of covers the whole gamut. I have from friends who uh, buy it for their teenage boys and <laughs> say, you will read this, which, uh, you know, that makes me happy. It's awesome. I'm buying that right now for my son. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> love it. Well, we really appreciate your uh, generosity, Gabe, for coming on and really sharing your knowledge with the Aggie Growth Hacks family and with Aggies all around the world. We really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And let it be said here first that all my kids are going to Texas A&M because it was such Woo. a welcoming 
welcoming community, love the campus, love the students there. Everybody was just so good there. So that's, that is the plan. Well, how about that, Ags? Was that awesome or what? I know that I got a lot out of that interview with Gabe Wander. How about you, Greg? Gabe is such a great guy. And I mean, just man's man and someone that really has such a heart of wanting to teach and learn and speak into the next generation. There was so much that he talked about, but really, I love how he talked about having the long game and having that mentality of not being so focused on what's happening right now, but to be able to invest in the relationships today so that you can harvest those the relationships in the future, whether that be with people that could be your competitors or people that will support your business, people that will provide you education and know how to do what you do better. Uh, I loved how he had that mentality and really said, that's how I'm building my business on it. And we're going to invest and we're going to reap the benefits of this investment for years to come. What about you? I 100% agree with you. And that's one of the things that I wrote down too. But mine really is, and I loved it, of how he said, you got to have a happy home before you go into combat, right? Oh, yes. I mean, you have to, and he likened it to, you know, in business, you got to do the same thing. And the reason for that is that when you're deployed, when you're, when you're heading off, you got to know that everything is cool, right? Back home, all that kind of stuff. Well, us as entrepreneurs, we get a lot of things going on in our life. And sometimes we let our businesses run us. And sometimes that trickles down into our family and all that kind of stuff. And so I think that if we are able to focus on the task at hand, right, our businesses will be that much better for it, right? And we've heard this over and over and over again from other entrepreneurs as well. And I love that concept that have that get, make sure that your home life is taken care of, right? So that you can focus on the task at hand. But that probably takes an extreme amount of conversation mm -hmm. with your spouse. I mean, I, obviously, you know, my, my situation is a little bit different. And I talk with Sarah about things that are going on with work and kind of where I want to go within, mm -hmm. within the bank and what I want to do and, and where my profession goes. But that's got to be extra different or extra special, extra important that you and Tara Absolutely. talk with one another and share with her and, mm -hmm. and get her support with that. Yeah. And honestly, it comes down to communication and being on the same page, right? If we don't both agree on something, then why in the world would I pursue that, right? If I haven't yeah. talked to Tara, my partner, about a specific anything entrepreneurial, why in the world was, would I pursue that without her knowing about that? So it really comes down to communication between you and your partner, really. Well, Ags, that's going to do it for this episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. So we hope that you enjoyed it. And if you're not connected with Gabe, I hope that you go to wanderstaffing.com, look on LinkedIn, Facebook, connect with him. Definitely check out his book, especially if you have a young man in your life. I know that is going to be one of those things that, that you're going to love just sharing with them. When you're on the web, I hope that you connect with Chris and I and you connect with Aggie Growth Hacks. If you haven't checked out AggieGrowthHacks.com, where you can hear not only this episode, but all of our previous episodes and our other great content, definitely do that. We want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M University. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a entrepreneur, Head on over to their website and find a program that's right for you. Just go to aggiegrowthhacks.com forward slash McFerrin right now.
Well, join us next time when we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and gig em. Whoop.